What's up, nerds? And welcome back to your weekly movie review podcast. That's right, it's time for the flagship 3FN podcast. As always, coming to you from the 8122 Production Studios at Dragon Master Games. This week, we will be reviewing a film that was picked by people on Twitter. That's right, the holiday classic, Jingle All The Way. But before we can get there... We are once again sadly down one nerd due to personal problems. Uh, keep Diesel and the T's and P's. There's nothing wrong with him. He's just got some family stuff, and uh, we just want to make sure to keep everything positive. I want to open the show that way. I am your host, Rich, and joining me is the other nerd. He is the man that is still on fucking vacation till further notice, or actually till 2023, technically. Technically. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the king of the vacations. Ron. What's happening, people? What's going on? You know, uh, you're king of vacation. I think that I think at this point in juncture, with this being years of this particular vacation, to an extent, yes. I really feel like you are the king of the vacation. Well, it was always the last two years, the last two weeks of the year. I, I, after my first year at the city, I realized how badly that week sucked the last week of the year, so I would always make sure I got it off. That would mean I couldn't use personal leave for the whole year but that's how i first really got it then when i got started getting time i was able to add a vacation week so i would always get in the last two weeks off and then the last the last year i was like well, i don't really do anything in the summer i don't all the weeks that i wanted off are booked so i'll just take off from after thanksgiving and go and that's how i got it this year and next year because i'm finally up the ladder a little bit more i actually all my vacation time is scheduled for the same but instead of having a week of vacation to carry with me, I have my my PLs for emergency, personal leave. So now I can get any time off in between now and then if I need it, plus sick days. So I'm like, before with the vacations, if something's booked, I'd have to jump through some hoops. But now I can get any time off during the year that I want now. So. Well, you know what? With that being said, Ron, you are an evil genius. But still... I mean, we still we still have to all be jealous about it. It's fine. I, I worked. I figured it out. I figured the trick. Well, speaking of you being off from work, uh, you have anything interesting you want to talk about that you did this past week? How was your week? Uh, the week was uh, very simple, actually. This week, I got stuff done around the house. Yesterday, I was able had some friends help me clean the house because you know I'm not very motivated when I'm by myself. But when people are there cleaning, I kind of get stuff done. So they helped me get that done, which is a big plus. So I don't have to worry about that. My parents will be happy with that one. My mom yells at me all the time about my house. <laughs> like, this is why I didn't ask for money, mom. This is why I didn't ask for your help with it. I bought it myself, so you have nothing to say. Yeah, good but job. Other than that, it's just uh, been watching some movies that we have to review here, and it's been very low key. Yeah, I uh, I had an interesting one. I I mean, it started off fine, and then on Sunday I ended up getting sick. <laughs> uh, that's why we are pushed back. There's a bunch of things. On Monday was my wife's birthday. Happy belated birthday to my wife. Obviously, I was there to Happy give her birthday, card. Happy birthday. And then, of course, my kid has his wrestling stuff, and then I'm sick for Sunday and Monday, and like still I'm getting over it. I had a full coming back to work and having like 
be stacked piled full of work thankfully i have an awesome uh, company that i work for so they are very understanding and helpful but outside of that man god damn like it kicked my ass and it wasn't like uh, a normal cold or illness like i had some kind of vertigo which i've yeah. never experienced before but it was it was fucking terrible as long as it doesn't keep recurring you're fine my, right 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 my, my sister my has saying. bad case of it so that's a like she when she gets it she gets it my wife's thinking that because I had some congestion going on early on, it was probably something that, like, uh, the congestion moved into my ears, and then that's probably. what throws you the fuck off and gives yeah. it to you. Because I've never had a history of it before, but I will be keeping my eye on it, and yeah. uh, don't worry, I'm all, I'm feeling better now, so I mean, it, it just fucking sucked for... When you wake up on Sunday and you can barely see, it's fucking weird, man. Yeah. It's I fucking mean, weird. It's a plus part that you got, you know, somebody that works in the health department. Yeah. So they when they know all the six tricks and secrets and all that stuff. Yeah, I was taking that uh, motion sickness, the uh, the basically the the seasick movie, because yeah. uh, that kind of helps you out there as well. So, yeah, two days down, you know, and, uh, and then it, of course it made me nauseous. Like my wife's like, "Are you nauseous because of this site, or just because that was one of the questions?" I'm like, "I think it's because of my site, because like if yeah. I was sitting still, not moving, it was fine." So like then I wouldn't feel sick, but as soon as I moved around, it gave, you know it makes you feel nauseous when your fucking eyes are going crazy. Yeah. So it was crazy. So that's why we're coming to you if you're on Patreon on Tuesday, and if you're uh, uh, just a regular listener, which is fine as well, we're coming to you on Wednesday because yeah, I, I could not see to drive, let alone come to the oh. studio and record a podcast. So now that we've got all of that out of the way, we hope you guys also had an awesome week. We're getting closer and closer to the holiday season, and because of which, that's why we decided that we were going to do a holiday movie this week, and we put it out to the Twitterverse, and booyakasha, you hit us with Jingle All The Way. But before we get into the 3FN Movie Club review, quick show note, we will not be doing Diesel's Movie Triple stuff. He is not here, so we just don't feel like it's appropriate. Uh, due to that is his segment, and uh, all you really need to know is that Black Panther Wakanda Forever is still number one the box office and that uh this upcoming week avatar way of the water hits the theaters and by the way we will not be reviewing avatar way of the water our christmas review will be of the christmas classic die hard uh, so we had already announced that we're sticking to it and uh outside of that you know that it's his segment so we just feel like whatever but we do have an awesome top three to come back with next week so make sure all the nerds should be back next week everything should be ironed out and everything will be good so we'll be going back to normal next week so there will not be a break in the show because there is no spoiler alert technically because Jingle All The Way came out in 1996. So we're not <laughs> going to give you a spoiler alert. So just so you're warned, when we start the 3FN Movie Club, we will do the normal you know, breakdown of who's in the film, synopsis, all that happy jizz-ass. But then we are going to just continue on into the spoiler-full <laughs> review because we're not spoiling a... Uh, movie made in 1996. So, a Christmas movie, I know. So we're giving you that all up front. So that with that out of the way, we need to get some shameless plugs and some business out of the way, don't we, Ron? Oh, yeah. So that means if you would like to find out anything about the 3FN podcast, including our social media handles and anything else, you can go to our website, 3FNpodcast.com. There you will find all the social media links. You will find links to the 3FN podcast. You will find links to 607TWS. You will find a link to friends of the show, like the ODPH podcast. You can listen right on 3FNpodcast.com or go over to the website and find out more about them as well. Also, you can find out our Patreon link, patreon.com slash 3FNpodcast for as little as $1 a month. 
month, you get a ton of extra bonus content, including this show and every show we do early. And with a 3FN podcast, you get an early, uncut, and unedited, the uncooked edition, which is pretty fucking awesome because you get extra bonus stuff in that as well. All for as little as $1 a month. Patreon.com slash 3FN podcast, but that is also on the website. Also, the T Public link is there. If you would like to buy some nerd gear and wear that in the wild to support the show and help us and kick a little bit over to us as well, it's always appreciated. Also, while you're there, check out the musical directory that features the bands who let us use their music, including the band that you hear every week do our theme song. That is Shout at the Robots. The song is called Fail Better. You can find that on Spotify, YouTube Music, and Bandcamp. Support them for supporting us. And last, but certainly not least, our local sponsors who help us bring this show to you each and every week, commercial free. Giving them a shout out right now. First of all, the people who provide us with the 8122 Production Studios, Dragon Master Games, located at 1235 Upper Front Street in Binghamton, New York. For all your Magic the Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. And if you're in the 607 or passing through the 607 and you want to find out about events happening at the shop, it's simple. Go ahead and like their Facebook page, Dragon Master Games. Also, if you're in the 607, area and you want your car cleaned to look brand new that's right go to rex two rods auto detailing also they have gift cards which make great holiday gifts and uh if you would like to set up an appointment or to get those great gift cards give them a call 607-644-3389 when you're ready to put the pride back into your ride tell them the 3fn podcast sent you and last but certainly not least our friends over at sci-fi horror fest who right now have their holiday ticket sale going on. Weekend tickets and uh, day passes are on sale right now, as cheap as you are going to get them. On top of that, they have already announced Felissa Rose, and they're doing another announcement on Christmas Eve, right before that sale ends. Well, there'll be another another announcement, plus they're doing the Die Hard Christmas Carol. Yes, so that's are. gonna be pretty awesome. The event goes down August 25th and 26th of 2023, but for all information, including the holiday sale, visit them at scifihorrorfest.com. If you forget any of those links, just remember, 3FNpodcast.com has got your hookup. Yeah, that's right, Mario. Let him know. <laughs> Caribbean Mario. Like it. I bet you Mario wished that he was really in the Caribbean. Oh, better than the Mushroom Kingdom. Yeah, and better than the sewer. Yeah. Because before he was in the Mushroom Kingdom, he was a sewer guy. That was... Well, yeah, he had to clean out the sewers. I know. Well, he also had to clean out them pipes, if you know <laughs> what I mean. <laughs> Knock that rust out of him, baby. Uh, well, Woo! Sun, like, it's like Sunday. But then Bowser came along and knocked the dust out of them pipes, too. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If Diesel was here, he would know how to explain this better than I do. So we're just going to move along right into the next part of the show. And you know we're entering right in to... Welcome to... Three Offense Movie Club. Refreshments are available in the lobby. And please... Keep our theater clean by disposing of trash in specified containers. And remember, gift certificates are available for any special occasion. Enjoy the show. That is right, it's now time for the 3FN Movie Club Review. And this week, we are reviewing the holiday classic, Jingle All the Way, as picked by our Twitter followers. Make sure you're following us at 3FN Podcast on Twitter so when we put up these awesome polls, you can uh, take a vote in it as well. So, Jingle All the Way won, and we're going to be covering Jingle All the Way. We did pick, to be fair, 
the movies that we wouldn't normally have picked for ourselves. True. It wasn't like the normal, you know, Christmas vacation yeah. or Scrooge, which personally is one of my favorites of all time. And we'll be reviewing probably on 3FN Rewind at some point in Juncture. Because as you guys know, we did launch 3FN Rewind this past week where we're doing nothing but older films. And that's going to be twice a month, just like the 3FN Horror Show. So if you're already tuned in and subscribed to this network or following this network on whatever podcast provider you have, you automatically get that delivered. So you guys get more uh, reviews every month. Not just the flagship show where we do mostly new movies, but of course... Some weeks we kick it to the old school, sometimes from Patreon, sometimes from suggestions, sometimes just because it fits the season. But uh, when we put it out there, I do believe we had Santa's sleigh, the Bill Goldberg kind of Christmas oh, horror movie. Yeah, We had Fat Man with we Mel Gibson. And then I do believe, I, I, I'm trying to remember what the last one was. Oh, Bad Santa. Bad, Bad Santa, Santa yes. was the last one. Uh, I know that got the least amount of vote. No, Santa Slay got the least amount of votes. Filed by Bad Santa, yeah. then finally knocking out Fat Man. So yeah. we were almost, uh, all those will come up in a 3FN Rewind or maybe next holiday season because uh, we're going to keep those ones around. But as picked by our Twitter friends, we have Jingle all the way. Are you ready to hear the Google Ooh. the the Google oh, synopsis this. of this? That's right. We're going to do Google synopsis. I want to hear this. Workaholic Howard Langston, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, wants to make things up to his son Jamie, played by Jake Lloyd, and wife Liz, played by Rita Wilson. He promises to get Jamie the hottest toy of the season. Turbo Man. Even though it's Christmas Eve and the toy is practically sold out, as Langston hunts down the elusive gift, he runs into the mailman, Myron, played by Sinbad, another father on the same quest. With the clock winding down, Langston's moral code is tested as he starts to learn the real meaning of Christmas. How do you think about that uh, synopsis? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's... I'm just going to say moral code. Yeah, way moral code. What what is what's the moral code there? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Not, well, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're not talking about Phil Hartman's character in this movie. We'll talk about that later. Uh, so the release date for this movie, believe it or not, originally was November sixteenth, nineteen ninety six, only at the Mall of America because. You know, it's no spoiler, but some of this movie takes place at the Mall of America. Yes. And then uh, world or worldwide, I should say, all over the United States and the world, November 22nd, 1996. Uh, the runtime for this movie was 89 minutes with a budget of $75 million. Ron, would you like to guess the box office? Uh, $120 million. $120 million? You were close. $129.8 no. So that's that's pretty close. Yes. Pretty close. Uh, this movie was directed by Brian Levant. And if you don't know who Brian Levant is, I'm sure if you if you grew up in the uh, 80s slash 90s, you're very familiar with his work. Uh, by the way, he was the person responsible for the new Leave it to Beaver before he got into movies. Okay. Uh, his first major motion picture that he directed, Problem Child 2. Not the original, the sequel. <laughs> yeah, two wasn't good. He followed that up with Beethoven. Beethoven was fun. Followed that with the Flintstones. For what yep, it was, Flintstones right? was fun. It wasn't great, but it was fun. I'm just saying, this is some pretty yeah. big hitters. Jingle All the Way was next up. And then he did the sequel to the Flintstones. Flintstones and Viva Rock Vegas, not so good. Not so good, not but so Halle good. Berry, you know. He took a little break back to TV before returning to the theaters in Snow Dogs in 2002. Fun little family movie, not you know, right? Cuba right. But do you see, we see where we're going with yeah. this? Uh, are we there yet? The Ice Cube family flick. Uh, I'm fine with that one. That was fun. The Spy Next Door. Okay. And most rec recently, he directed the video uh, for A Christmas Story 2. That's what they're calling it because it wasn't technically in theaters. It was, you know, only 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so, it, was, yeah. it was streaming only. So that's how they differentiate. Yeah, the Christmas Story two was it, it was fine. Um, it, it it makes full circle, but it wasn't great. No, it, but it wasn't horrible either. No, it, it was just if you're a fan of the first one, it's a fun little watch. Um, and it's on you know what HBO Max or whatever it is right now. So it's a fun yeah. little watch. Well, here you go. Uh, the the screenplay was written by a man named Randy Cornfield. And boy, when I tell you his movie, things are already in place. His first movie was, that he wrote was back in 1987, Sweet Revenge. And yes, it's one of those kind of revenge 80s movies, you know, spinoffs of, of other action flicks. Oh, okay. He wrote some TV movies in the, uh, in the meantime before switching back over to the big screen to write Jingle All the Way. And then in 2002, he was the writer of Eight-Legged Freaks. Oh, I love that movie. And then he also wrote Jingle All the Way too. So he is, fine. is responsible for both the Jingle All the Way movies, but Eight Legged Freaks really, really. It's probably his best work. Honestly, I'm a big fan, and we'll be covering that at some point. That's a Jones. really underrated freaking uh, monster, spider, giant spider movie. Oh, I agree. And if you haven't seen Eight Legged Freaks, I suggest to see Eight Legged Freaks. Now, this is where it gets real interesting. And I can't do this man enough justice just going through his IMDb and what I wrote down. There's no way I can give him enough justice. Okay. So I'm going to tell you that the next, that the guy who was the cinematographer for this film, the director of photography, was a man named Victor J. Kemper. Once again, if you don't know his name, I'm sure you'll know his work. Back in 1972, he did The Candidate. I don't know if okay. you remember that movie. Actually, I do. In 1974, he did The Gambler. All these, by the way, cinematography. Which is, which is the same time David Hasselhoff was in The Revenge of the Cheerleaders. Yes, that's the same time <laughs> David Hasselhoff, which I don't understand why you watched it, but in, well, we'll stay away from your weird wormholes you go in. Uh, he also was the uh, cinematographer for Slapshot. Oh, You nice. remember Slapshot, yep. right? Slapshot. And I know we're both fans of Slapshot. Nice. He would then go on to do in 1977, Oh God, starring uh, the late great George Burns. Oh, that was George. Okay. Yes, yeah, I remember, remember that one now. Where he plays he plays God yep. and he's in old people's home. Yep, yep. Uh, he would then go on to do The Jerk in 1979. Oh, dude, The Jerk is amazing. Is that is that? Mind you, there's things in between all of these, but these are the, the big, big I, I don't think runs. you can do The Jerk nowadays, but... No. <laughs> Ready for this? He is the man who is the director of photography on the very first National Lampoon's Vacation in 1983. Nice. <laughs> like, this guy has got some good... He also did The uh, Cloak and Dagger from 1984. That, if you remember that, that. That's my hidden gem. I need to rewatch that one. Really? Okay. 1985. He was a cinematographer for a little movie called Pee-wee's Big Adventure. Awesome. He was then in 1985 also a director of photography for Clue. Remember so, the Clue yeah. movie? Oh, dude. That's highly underrated. Dude, I'm just saying. I can't do it. Like This guy is like, he, he stuck with, like, he got a good uh, uh, stuff going with like PG, PG-13 films and did a great job with them all. Oh, he nailed the rated R one right here because uh, he was a director of photography in 1989 for See No Evil, Hear No Evil. Oh. Gene Wilder and uh, Richard Pryor. That's awesome. How fucking great is this? Uh, he would join our director and first work with him in 92 on Beethoven. He also Good was the director of photography in 95 on Tommy Boy. Uh, before, movie. obviously, in 1996, he did Jingle All the Way. And then after that, he did American Pie Presents Bandcamp in 2005. Not so and good, but... Br bring It On All or Nothing in 2006. So, I mean, and, it has its little spots, but... 
And that was the last movie that he was a director for director of photography on. Sorry, uh, he is still alive. Uh, he was born April fourteenth, nineteen twenty seven, though. So he has done a whole lot of legendary films as a cinematographer. And yes, I go back and forth between calling it director of photography and cinematographer. Yeah. Same, thing. same thing. A lot of people have the same things. Yeah. Let's dive into the actors in this film. And I know that this one was star studded, especially with cameos. But the star of this movie was Arnold Schwarzenegger, Howard Langston. Do we really need to go through all of it? I don't think so. But you remember him from Predator, True, True Lies. Lies. Yeah. <laughs> <Whatever>. <laughs> Fucking Commando. <laughs> By the way, Commando and this have a good tie-in with a mall fight scene. Conan the Barbarian. Conan the Barbarian. Really uh, yeah, Red, the first Red, the original Red Dawn movie. Terminator. Not Red Dawn or Red Sonia. Red Sonia. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Terminator, yeah. Terminator 2, Terminator oh. Salvation, Terminator Genesis. Yeah, you know, you yeah. catch the drift. Yeah. Arnold Schwarzenegger's been in everything, The Expendables. Uh, next Hercules up. Hercules in New York. Yeah. <laughs> next up, Sinbad is Myron. Uh, and Sinbad, of course, has been in a ton of stuff too, including Shazam. Oh. <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to say that. Uh, you knew I was going to set it up with Shazam. <laughs> No, there was no movie named Shazam. I don't. Oh, I, I there don't was. Have, There's just. They, they, do, do you believe that? Uh, I remember seeing it. You remember seeing I've, it? I, my sister used to work at a video store. I, I remember seeing it. I, 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 like, have, I, I have feel the, like this is the exact thing that's said on every single uh, internet thing that has to do with the Mandela effect. I remember seeing it. Somebody worked at a oh, video dude, store. Dude, dude, I'm dead serious. Like, I remember seeing I'm not it. Gonna, I'm not calling you a liar. I'm just saying. I feel it, definitely, like it, it definitely was there. By the way, one of his uh, one of my favorite movies that he was in was one of his first movies, and that was Necessary Roughness in 1991. Oh, so Remember that was Scott Bakula yeah, company. Yeah, so good. Uh, he was also in the Coneheads movie, Meteor yep. Man. Uh, he had his own show for a while, House Guest. He's 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 underrated with a lot of stuff. He disappeared for a minute, and then people asked if he was dead, and he's like, "No, I'm still here." And then he got a couple other things later. Yeah, and then he, he a lot of TV. It's always sunny in Philadelphia later yep. on, and uh, of course, right now uh, he most recently was in the hospital. Uh, he seems to be doing better right now, but it, it was a little touch and go. Yeah. So, so always T's and P's with uh, Sinbad. He's, he's so good. He, I, honestly, he's one of the most stand up people of all time. And his uh, his stand up was actually decent too. Of course, uh, Ted Malton was played by Phil Hartman, uh, the late, late great. great Phil Hartman, I should say. And uh, he should have been in more than 94 films, but unfortunately meant his uh, untimely yeah. demise. Uh, but you probably remember him from TV. Of course, he was a big SNL guy. He was in CB4, which I know is a big hit amongst all of us here at the Three Fighters Podcast. Uh, Coneheads he was in as yeah. well with Sinbad. So I Married an Axe Murderer. Yep. All, all the SNL movies, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, he showed up everywhere and was Pee-wee super, Herman, super House. crazy. Yeah, House Guest. He was with yep. Sinbad again. And I, I just He's, there's not enough things to, to say about Phil Hartman. Dude, he was uh, one of the greats. Uh, like, he just... He hit, he hit, he basically hit on SNL because it was a guaranteed paycheck, but that boy could have had so much more. Of course, he died on May 28th, 1998 at the age of 49. Of course, he was murdered by his wife, uh, if you guys don't remember. So shout outs to the late, great Phil Hartman, who would definitely, in my opinion, be... Oh, fucking yeah. way better way of more awesome things uh next up liz langston was played by uh the the mother the mother of the greatest rapper alive chet hanks that's right <laughs> rita wilson uh tom hanks wife the mother of chet hanks <laughs> is is uh was was, was and, liz in this movie and his poor her poor other son had to give a handy in the car Colin oh, Hanks and <laughs> friends oh, of the no. family. Oh, oh, oh no. Um, 
Rita Rita started out her career in a lot of uh, oh, dude, TV, she's, dude. You know, you know from Who's the Boss, yeah. amongst everything, a million yeah. other things. And then, of course, she uh, made it to the big screen and Sleepless in Seattle. Yep, uh, playing across from Meg Ryan, and then and she's been in a husband. ton of other. Yeah, and also her husband. Well, I think that's where they met. I think that's where they met too. They, I think that's where they started dating. Of course, she was also in the Psycho remake. Uh, oh, I Run- forgot about that. Yep, she was in Runaway Bride, uh, The Glass House, yep. and, and so much more. And, and she's still busy and doing it today. Uh, her last uh, credit is in 2022 in a movie called Kimmy. And she was also on the series 1883, yes. which is the uh, Yellowstone, Yellowstone prequel. Tie, yeah, prequel. There's so, there's two of them. There's like 1883 and then like another one. Nine, another one right. coming out. So there's like... That show's so bad. It's you, you don't like it? I don't like it at all. Uh, I've watched it all. Do like it. I have not watched it at all. I, so I can't I don't I, have a It's a lot of plot armor and stupid and like there's there's enough to keep people watching. I get it and I understand why the fans enjoy it. Like this one I'm not writing on because I, I get why people enjoy it. It's just way it's the the amount of murder that happens on this ranch, like they'd all be arrested. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the son, Jamie Langston, is played by Jake Lloyd. If you think that that name sounds familiar, it's because he was who? Anakin Skywalker. That's right, in the prequel. His dad was so bad to him that he sold his wife and him into slavery, and he became Darth Vader. Yep. From this movie. <laughs> and uh, I will point out that other than being Anakin Skywalker, not too much, he did have some run-ins with the law and yeah. uh, rehab and so on and right. so forth. If Young you, child star, it happens. If you know anything about that. Uh, now I'm just going to give some shout-outs. We're not going to do some deep dives here, but these are just cameos in the movie. Uh, Jim Belushi plays a mall <laughs> Santa in this movie. A corrupted mall Santa. And uh, you got you got to love Jim Belushi, Dude. brother John Belushi. One of my favorite movies as a kid, and I don't know why as a kid, because it's definitely an ad- more of an adult, was Taking Care of Business. Yep. You ever see that? Yep. Yeah. It's, it's a great movie, uh, but uh, you do you also like Jim Belushi? Oh, dude, I love Jim Belushi. Like he, he I'm surprised he doesn't have more because like even his little sitcom there, according to Jim, I watched in syndication and it's, it still holds up. Well, also uh, doing a cameo in this movie. Speaking of Santas, well, it's the big show. That's right, Paul White. Yep, was the big. The biggin, the biggin Santa, the biggin Santa there that uh, <laughs> punched. If you didn't notice, the littlest Santa who was. Mini me himself, Vern Troyer. I mean, I wish Diesel was here just for, you, for the fact that, and, and he does, and he does make that noise as he goes flying through the air after he gets punched, which is ironic enough. I must be an iconic sound. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it's got it's got a quite a, the interesting. I love how they used a lot of the uh, cameo roles in the Santa shop. Yeah, the corrupt Santa shop. Yeah, we'll get was, to that in a minute. That was funny. But yes, that is that is all of the stars that were in Jingle All the Way. Ron, it is now time to jump into the review. Once again, if you need a spoiler alert, consider it this. But we're just gonna go in the full review. This movie came out in nineteen ninety six. If you have not seen Jingle All the Way, uh, that that's on you at this point. Pretty much. And, and, but if you haven't, you can stop here and you can miss over the review, even though we've been talking spoilers the whole time, because we warned you of that previously in the earlier part of the show. So, Ron, let's dive in. We're not going to go scene through scene, especially in this movie. But I know that we both had some questions. <laughs> and I'm going to start the questions. <laughs> and my first question is the overall bearing thing is, why in the 1990s was it a thing that this shitty father figure who didn't pay attention to his kid had to do something that wasn't really extraordinary to be the hero of the day. And we praised him as the hero. Oh, it was because bad. this is something that happens in a lot of nineties movies, including this movie. Well, because that was the time when I, I really think it's the time because uh, that was when divorces were becoming mainstream. Uh, and it was always uh, something where the father was doing their, 
you know, was always busy working or something. So there was always, you know, the deadbeat father type of scenario, but he wasn't really a deadbeat because he was trying to make money. Um, but that's just what these movies were at the time. Like, they, it's like everything. There's there's a bunch of them. Liar, liar. I mean, Star Wars, let's face it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, like it's all it's all this whole this whole cliche, this whole thro- trope. But, I mean, this movie specifically, because when you look at it, Howard, played by Arnold Schwarzenegger, is always just putting his family off for yeah. his job. And yeah, yeah. I get it. They're successful. They have some money. Yeah. They live yeah. in a nice neighborhood. Yeah. But he misses literally everything, including his son's belt promotion yep. in, in karate. And as, no, but, you know, and he's like, his wife's like, you got to be there. He's like, yeah, I will. And you're my number one customer. Oh, sorry, dear. I didn't mean to say that to you. <laughs> yes. And my favorite part about that was on his way when he's like, I'm going to make it as he's driving on the shoulder, shoulder and he gets pulled over and then he goes, by the way, we already know that the, the, the turn the belt ceremony's already started. Yeah. Because we've already gotten that scene. So he has to know that the belt ceremony's already, already started. So if he was, and by the time he gets there, it's completely cleared out. Now, mind you, a ticket yeah. doesn't take that long. So yeah. really he missed everything anyways. I mean, I mean the, Let's be honest. The officer was giving him the field sobriety test just to be a dick. So it takes a little longer. But that's where we get the promise of him later yeah. on. I'm going to get you the Turbo Man. Yeah. Which his wife had told him to buy weeks, weeks ago. ago. Which is the other kick to this story. So let's skip ahead to the, like I said, we're not doing sing by sing, but think about it. So he does that and then he's a bumbling idiot throughout the movie to try to get this doll yeah. in any way possible because it's the hottest toy. And by and the way, the year this came out was the Tickle Me Yelmo year. Yes, yes. I just want to point that out. So I think that's why this movie did well because there was parents who lived this nightmare. Yeah. So when you get to the end of the day, all is forgiven because he somehow by happenstance from running from the police <laughs> ends up in the Turbo Man suit and is a Turbo Man at the parade, tries to give his son the limited edition Turbo Man, which Myron tries to steal. His son still ends up with it, but even better, he finds out his dad was Turbo Man, and all is well and better in yeah. this movie. And then, But the son plays the more hero because he gives Sinbad the Turbo Man down exactly. for his son. Exactly. So, so the, son, the son is more of a hero than freaking... Uh, agreed. Although, that was a bigger arc for him because he was a pain in the ass. Yeah. Like, have you seen a... There's my other uh, thing that I have to talk about. <laughs> Have you ever seen a whinier fucking kid? <laughs> like that kid whined about everything. Yeah, and I can see in Attack of the Clones. Now, well, now you know why he got the fucking role. Now you know why he got the role. He whined about everything in Jingle All the Way. He did everything. I want that doll. I want to get my next bell. I want to go to the parade. Like fuck. Yeah, shut you, up. You didn't make it last year, and it's a parade on Christmas, Christmas Eve. <laughs> Who the fuck does that? Yeah. Who the fuck does that? So. The kid was a little whiny. And that's going to bring me to my third point that I know we both want to talk about. To the person who may or may not be the hero of this movie, Ted, played by Phil Hartman, who is the the single father. Yep. Who They don't ever say how why or how his life left him. He doesn't say. She just said that he left. Right. He do, doesn't say why or how. Right. But I'm thinking it has something to do with his infidelity. Oh, because by far. He is slanging dick in that oh, fucking neighborhood, bro. Fucking the ladies are, you know, I don't know if they're the single mothers or if they have husbands. It's like, oh, there's my, my light needs to be looked at. You need to come over and bring your, you know, drill. And he just, he's like, oh, I will. I got just the tool for you. So he's just slinging it through. And they're bringing them fucking food yeah. and gifts. Like, this motherfucker's slanging dick in that And, and, right and his kid's overweight because of it. So, yeah, and this kid, I don't know, his kid is, is, is overweight, but he's also trying to slay Liz, yeah. Rita Wilson, 
And, and uh, listen, Tom Hanks should be mad about that, but he's trying to slay <laughs> that down. I mean, it was funny when <laughs> when, when when Harry calls the house and, and, and Howard, sorry, calls the house and he's baking in the house and he's like, "Oh, those cookies! You take your hands off those cookies! <laughs> my cookies! Put those co- put the cookie down! <laughs> my cookies! Why are you eating my cookies? Well, because I'm trying to help with cookies. Put the cookies down. <laughs> so good, so good. And by the way, callback line to Kindergarten Cop. Yes, with the put the cookies down. Yeah. So uh, th- there's a couple callback lines in this movie. So you got to give them credit to calling back to other Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. Because, hey, you might as well. But, yeah, I-, I couldn't figure out if Ted's the villain or the hero of this film. Because technically he should be the villain, right? Yeah. But also Myron is, is, is the villain. But Myron's just trying to do exactly the same thing that Howard's trying to do. He was obviously a bad, you know, he's a working man. He's uh, a mailman. But still... Obviously, he couldn't have been that you know good of a dad if he didn't go out beforehand. <laughs> and him and Howard are in the same fucking boat, right? Well, I mean, how good of a mailman can he be if he's not taking his deliveries and trying to find a doll while right. he's supposed to be do- like? Yeah, he's carrying that freaking uh, the the the, sat- the bag for all the mail, and he's got nothing but mail in it the whole entire movie. Right, a full full thing of mail. <laughs> and now, I will say this: one of my favorite things in the movie is the running gag of him trying to get into places by saying he has a bomb, yeah. and he holds out one of the packages. He has a bomb, so he does this at the radio station, and it turns out to be a bomb, and blows, and, and you know, cartoon style blows the cop up. Like, right, like right. he doesn't blow well, up, the, but he's the, you know, sucked. it was after they got chased by the cops. I don't know if that was actually still in the radio station. The radio station, was, he used he used yeah. it, but he's like, it wasn't. It was a it was a music box. Yes. But then he, when the yeah. cops take the box from him that he tries to use again, yes, it's it, the chase. And then a cartoon style explosion, and they both like uh, Arnold looks at it like, oh my god, it was actually a bomb. And then and Sinbad's like, he's like, oh shit, that was really a, a real bomb. Sick motherfuckers we got working here. There's sick, there's sick people in this world. Well, he doesn't drop the MF because <laughs> oh, yeah. you know he's clean, but he's like, there's sick people in this world. Yeah. It's such a great line. But I also think it's funny that nobody gets arrested for him blowing up a cop. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nobody pays attention. It's like okay, fine. Like they they, they have their one liners, and then we get like the battle between Turbo Man and then uh, the Myron's the evil, yeah. evil villain. I can't yeah, forget I can't his name. It was. I just it, watched it the other day. That's how memorable <laughs> the villain's name is. He just yeah. he looks and, like Brainiac a little bit. A little Brainiac esque with the little uh, water little Mars and, attacks. And, well, because like it uh, it opens up with uh, a Power Ranger style uh, show, and that's all that basically. You know, it you know cheap to produce, easy to put on. A movie, and it's Power Ranger style. It's very you know Power Ranger esque type of style with t- with the kid watching Turbo Man and all that stuff. Which this character is over the top, which is more funny because at the end when they're actually fighting, he has he, he does use the villain's rocket fist, which actually works like it does in real life because he shoots it off his hand and it comes back, <laughs> and he can still has his hand in there, and it's like. That's not how any of this works, people, because this is supposed to be the real world. <laughs> this movie was produced, by the way, by Chris Columbus. Everybody knows who Chris Columbus oh, yeah. is, Home Alone, et cetera, et cetera, yeah. family movies out the Yazoo, right? And it was put out for his 1492 pictures because Chris Columbus <laughs> named his production company 1492, which is smart, by the yeah. way, and uh, also Fox, 20th Century Fox. So my question now becomes, and I didn't look in the licensing in this, but that parade scene. They had a little bit of everybody there. Yep. There was some Ninja Turtles. Yep. There was Gumby. Mm-hmm. There was the Cat in the Hat, which the kids were super stoked about. Cat. Yeah. High five over Cat. Yeah. yeah. There was all sorts of IP there. I don't know if Fox owned all that IP. I'm just gonna throw that out there. I, well, that's the thing. I don't know. I don't think they did at the time because, like you said, it was '96. 
Um, I don't know for sure. You'd have to deep dive on, on that, but that's here and there or there or there. Um, but uh, it's there. Like, there's a lot there. Like, I want to know. Like, it's a full-fledged parade. So I want to know what holiday parade they had that they were able to get this. That's why I think they could use that footage that way because it was actually an actual holiday parade that they probably. With. I, I bet that's probably why they did it yeah. because there were some transformers in the back. Yeah, there, were, there was a there bunch. Was, of there was a bunch of IPs, and I'm like, Fox doesn't own all these IPs. Yeah, like because it's uh, <laughs> kind of like a Ferris Bueller's Day Off when they did that yeah. parade. Yeah. So, by the way, fun fact: if you didn't know, Sinbad as Myron was almost not Myron. Myron was was almost casted as Joe Pesci. Oh. Joe Pesci was going to play Myron, but instead Christopher Columbus said, I said, Chris, I said his full name because I think it's funnier. I said, no, no, no. I've worked with Joe Pesci a little too much. I'm going to work with Sinbad. I, I think it might have been better if we had Joe Pesci. I think it changes the entire dynamic of this. I think, I think if you had, if you had Joe Pesci, I think that Myron is definitely a villain at that point. Yes. Like it's more villain-esque. Because Sinbad, there's still something lovable about Sinbad no matter what. True. Because I even judge Sinbad less than I judge Howard as being a bad dad because you're like, well, Sinbad is a mailman during the busiest season, so that's got to fucking suck. Yeah. Even if he's a normally a family man, like the other 11 months of the year. you, You hear him, his, why he's, you know, single is his wife, you know, was sleeping with everybody in the post office, but him. He and he says, but him. So it might not even be his actual kid, but he's still paying alimony and all that stuff because he took the role of the father. And he literally says this. So technically, the kid might not even be his, but he's still the father. So True. that so that steps up the fact that he's actually probably better. That I, I'm agreeing. I'm agreeing with you. That's what I'm saying. I think he's more sympathetic than Howard is. Yeah. And I think that if you would have had Joe Pesci, Joe Pesci by nature is a hard ass yeah. and a villain in a lot of movies at this time specifically. Yeah. And whether could, it's adult movies or kids movies like Home Alone. Yeah. Well, if, if, but you would. I think you would change it to Joe Pesci where he's just trying to get the doll to sell. You could do that. You I, could I, definitely I, do that. But I mean, even if you kept the script kind of the same, I think that he's just less sympathetic than Sinbad. Right, true. No, I agree. Sinbad, even at this point in Juncture, is widely loved. Yeah. Sinbad, whether it's his stand-up comedy, whether it's the TV shows, like when he's on Different World yeah. and everything else, his everybody loves yeah. his own show. Everybody loves Sinbad. Yeah. And to this day, Sinbad is one of, the, like, you don't ever hear anybody say anything bad about Sinbad. No. Ever. Because he's fucking awesome. Yeah. So, like, I think automatically you're sympathetic to him. And then Phil Hartman kind of is playing the villain role, but I don't think there's enough of that. As an adult, you look at it like, man, this dude's the dicking down the neighborhood. I, I, go, go, get him, Tiger. Get him, Tiger. I, I, go, get, get, get what him, you can. Give him that Tiger's blood, as Diesel would say. <laughs> it's either as an infidelity or his wife kept him on such a short leash that once she left. Or they, once his, or his wife was stepping out, so his revenge now is fucking all the married yeah. women in the neighborhood. Yeah. Because we don't know if they're married, not married, whatever. Yeah. They just, sure she, she, she he's, just, he's currently trying to bang on Mary one yeah that's all we know so we know his moral standards are kind of shot yeah. but like, hey maybe it's because he was scorned you never know that we could have gotten deeper <laughs> we should have deeper dove into ted true now that i brought up some of those uh little stuff to, about the movie is there anything else that you like or dislike about this movie that we didn't talk about already i mean overall like uh the stupid inter- interactions with the the same cop the same officer seemed a little out of place because it was like okay it was middle it was like the night shift then it was the day shift it was this it was that but the interaction between the cop and arnold there like it was always a good interaction like it was a good comedic interaction um which a lot of times they don't hit with that when you see them too many times because you see them all you know through the whole thing um which i didn't mind i forget who played the cop 
but I didn't mind his, uh, you know, their, their interactions was actually really good, even though it was always a different time of day. Robert Conrad That's played right. Officer Hummel. Yep, I couldn't remember his name. I'm sorry. Yes, there, no, you're fine. But yeah, no, uh, yeah, I agree with you. There's a lot of, this movie is kind of absurd in the 90s way. Yeah. Where it's just crazy, zany, makes no sense. If you yeah. really look at the plot of this movie, it's terrible because early on in the movie, Ted mentions that he had bought his son a Turbo Man and it's nice and wrapped under the tree. Yeah. All Howard has to literally do is while he's dicking down one of the neighbors, just go into <laughs> his house, take said Turbo Man, and fucking be gone. Yeah. Replace which, it with a shitty room, which later on he does try to do in the most fucking bumbled way possible. Yeah, and but starts, about starts a fire. But logically, he wouldn't have even had to do that. He would have just been like, oh, he's going to dick down that lady. I'm going to walk right next door. Well, yeah. Well, take it and go. Should, should have gotten taken taken the one that he got from the Santa Claus, which was the bi, you know, the bilingual one because it was the Spanish one. Yes, and it was $300. <laughs> $300. Should have taken that one, had it wrapped in the package, put it underneath Instead the tree. Instead talking shit about getting ripped <laughs> off, even though you're the one on Christmas yeah. Eve trying to buy the year's hottest toy. And then get out, get out of that situation with a freaking toy toy badge right right and then having to fight the big show with a with a styrofoam candy cane of all things and then big show punches Vern Troyer I got it it's fucking crazy but but yeah no I mean honestly though like there's just a lot of plot holes and absurdity but it's a 90s film and it's a family film for the holidays so I I let a lot of that yeah yeah. so I'm not going to be as mean about it here and talk about it because i just let it no, go it is one of those yeah definitely but you kind of know if you've seen a 90s movie you know that the as long as the story moves forward plot holes be damned who yeah. cares well 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 we don't care the, the titanic can take out all the water it wants it's fine we're good <laughs> we're gonna stay afloat and that's really what this movie is this is a perfect 90s absurdity yeah. kind of crazy kind of lunatic wise and a fa- if you, family movie and if you break it down any further it just falls apart yeah so with that, I think that's going to take us out of the review segment. So that means there's only one thing we could go to. Time to play the game. Time to play the game. <laughs> that's right. We're going to play the game. We're going to find out about the scores around the internet. Uh, unfortunately, Ron will be playing against himself once again. And that means he has to come within five percentage points up above or below so there's a little 10 point swing but it's above and below by five to get the point if not diesel who's not here gets the point and if ron can't beat uh, get three of these right out three out of five right that means diesel returns as champion still <laughs> so with that being said ron are you ready to play the game yes okay we're gonna start with imdb out of 10 using points what did they give jingle all the way uh, 5.2. 5.2? Right on the cusp. 5.7 oh, out Jesus. of 10. Uh, Metacritic, out of 100%, what did they give? Jingle all the way. Uh, Metacritic will... This is going to be my downfall. 68. 68, you say? Yeah. Well, I got a bad news for you. 34%. Oh, wow. 30, okay. I, I, I can't believe 34%. Yeah, I didn't, think, I, I didn't think it'd be that low. Like, that is super duper. I thought this low. was well-liked by everybody. I thought it was, too, but obviously not by those no. folks over at Metacritic. No. All right, so let's go over to Rotten Tomatoes. Let's do the critic score first. Out of 100%, what did they give? Jingle all the way. It's one-to-one, by the way. Uh, 52. 
No. 19%. Oh, wow. 19%. See, I, thought, I, thought, I thought people loved this movie, too. Especially when it made $120 million. So now, right now, Diesel, even not uh, here, is winning 2-1. to one. This is a make-or-break one for you. Uh, Ron, the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes out of 100% for Jingle All the Way. I think the audience is like this. A little more, but I don't think it's much more. Uh, I don't I can't. Can't go below fifty on this one. Fifty six. You said fifty six, yeah. and Diesel ah. is still your champion. Is it low? Thirty eight percent. Damn, thirty eight percent, Ron. I, I was. I, I'm taken aback by all of this. I did not think it was this low. Yeah. Uh, for funsies, Google users, how much did, out of hundred percent? Why is the idea I so 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 high? I don't know. That's so weird. But Google users, what did they give it? Oh, Google users, that's 72. You were way off on that. 85%. So <laughs> Google users and IMDb are a little high. Everything IMDb. else, super low oh. on this. And this tells you that I don't like cheat, cheat people. Like, I don't look the shit up. No. So Diesel <laughs> will return as champion two weeks in a row. You could not dethrone him even in absentia. Yeah, but that's those are low. Like, I would never have guessed that low i would have never guessed any of that either i'm not even joking so because uh, i always thought because when i interact with people people tend to like this movie i know a lot of people who watch it yearly yeah. So I, it's kind of weird to me that overall it seems to not be a bigger hit but those are pretty low scores my friend well now that we've gotten everybody else's out score around the uh, internet it's time for our scores yeah well you know that's just like uh your opinion man all right, so we're going to give our nerd score followed by my critic score. And as you already know, uh, the nerd score is a recommendation score that's based on entertainment value and critic score from us. And those are the two things that kind of go into this. So even if it's critically low, if it was entertaining, it can bump it up in some uh, ways for the nerd score uh, and vice versa, by the way. If it's critical, you might knock it down a little bit. Who knows? So. The scale is simple. It's a five-part scale. Of course, let's give you a refresher right now. Well, one is no. That means it's terrible. You should never watch it. Two means you've been warned. That means it's not quite terrible, but it's also not good. So you should probably not watch it. Uh, three is, ah, it's good. This means it's an average to good film. It's, you don't need to go out of your way to see it, but if you do end up seeing it, it's not like it's going to waste your time. It's, it's decent enough. It'll be, you know, it's like I said, average to good. It's not going to, you're not going to write home about it. You might not even add it to your yearly watch list or, you know, in your rotation somewhere or buy it, but you know, it's not a waste of time. A four is just take my money. These are the very good to great films that are essential to watch. There are movies that if it's in the theater, spend money to go see it if uh, you want to buy the blu-ray or like in something from 96 if you want to buy the collector's edition that might be getting put out the steel book or whatever you know you might want to add it to the collection because it's worth that and if uh, definitely should be in your rotation and last but certainly not least is the rare affide air that is known as certified nerd these are the legend wait for it dairy movies where, you know, movies like Jaws, Jurassic Park. And this past year, I know that uh, Amsterdam has hit that list. Clerks 3 hit that list. Spider-Man No Way Home will hit that list and a few others. So it was a big year for some uh, certified nerd movies, uh, according to us. These are the classics. You're going to want to see them. You're going to want to make sure you watch them over and over again. Ron, that brings me to your nerd score for Jingle All the Way and Why. All right. This is, uh, this is the average. This is the three to me. Um, it's, I understand why people like it. I, you know, it's good enough to watch, you know, around the holiday season. 
if not every year, every other year. Um, anybody that's lived through the Tickle Me Elmo, the Furbies, the Cabbage Patch Kids, um, any of those big hit toys that year uh, of those years and like having to try to get your kid that one toy that they really, really want, you know, it, you're, you're going to see the, the amusement in this movie because it is over the top. Uh, I think the performances are great. Like Phil Hartman, I think his performance in this is amazing. I think um, if he would have done some kind of, like if we could have got him into some kind of a dark comedy kind of playing that Ted character, something like that would be interesting. Um, Sinbad obviously actually was a fun character in this, uh, playing off the, you know, the disgruntled postman, uh, trope. And it is a trope nowadays. Um, and overall it's not a, it's, it is one of those holiday movies that you know where it's going and it gets there and it is the bad dad turning around, becoming the hero, even though when you actually watch it, like Sinbad's probably more of a hero, the kid's more of a hero than, um, the main character is, and but it's still there. Like it's a fun watch. It's it's a, definitely a family fun movie. You, so you can watch it with your kids and all that stuff. Right. I I'm gonna actually agree with you. I give it to three. I give it a three out of the five on the nerd scale. And it's the average movie. Is it for me is kind of the definition of an average. If you have young kids, I can see making this a holiday classic with them. I I, I feel like this is more geared. I mean, it is kind of outdated, but it isn't. Because you can still understand wanting the hottest toy of yep. Christmas that still does happen. And I think that that in its own tells a perfect enough story to a child. It is fun. It is in good humor. There is a little bit of adult in there, but it's not enough that the kids would pick on pick up on i should say so therefore i think that you can get away with it's kind of like shrek where there's some of that's like i said we know ted's dicking down the neighborhood yeah. but the kids would just be like oh he's just going to help those nice ladies yeah <laughs> you know they don't understand he's helping like, him make he's putting the tree or the star on the tree but for us adults we're like ah, he's dicking <laughs> down the neighborhood so depending upon who you are he's a villain or not you know and like so you can kind of get into that and like i said the 90s space of the bad dad who is doing something menial to win the day which happens here so you get the happy ending yay so like i said i feel like children would be more of the audience and i think when i was younger i probably would have liked this a lot better than i do now uh speaking of which critic score i give this literally it's going to be the second one i go with this past week where i give it the five out of ten like right down the middle this yeah. is literally the definition of an average holiday movie like i said if you're younger you might like it more it's something you can watch with your children so that might bump it up a little bit i do understand why some people like this movie more than others yep but at the same time i'm just not fully there there's a lot of stuff that doesn't need to be in this movie is there fun what brings up the score to a five is that it's funny i do think that uh the acting is is very well done for the most part arnold is arnold so yeah. you know you got to give him that but sinbad is great yeah. in this movie movie phil hartman's great in this movie rita wilson's great in this movie the kid is a little whiny bitch can't stand that <laughs> but you know and and arnold is arnold so you have those but you still have some performances it is still there's still a lot of humor and good stuff there but like i said it just kind of falls apart when you start breaking down everything else in the movie so i give it a five out of ten as my critic score as well that is going to do it for this week's 3FN Movie Club review of Jingle All The Way. If you would like to hit us up and tell us your thoughts on Jingle All The Way, go ahead and do so on the social medias. For all the social media accounts and every other link you can find about the 3FN Podcast, it's simple. Visit 3FNPodcast.com. 
one-stop shop and you get all those links. Plus you can hit us up there or you can send us a message right through the website if you would like to as well. On top of that, let's just make the quick announcement. Next week's 3FN Movie Club review for the flagship 3FN podcast back at its normal time will be the holiday classic Die Hard. Yep. Then... Uh, this upcoming Friday, if you're already, make sure you're subscribed or following this network for podcasts, because right here on the 3FN channel, 3FN Horror Show returns with mine and Ron. We're going to be back to give you the review of Black Christmas 1974, the classic uh, version of Black Christmas. You're going to want to hear what we have to say about that. And then next week, right before Christmas, we do have one more 3FN Rewind for the month, which we just launched 3FN Rewind. That's all older films. That'll be coming out the Friday before Christmas. So if I'm doing my math correct, December 23rd. And that will be Trading Places, the 1983 classic starring Dan Aykroyd and the great legendary, probably one of the funniest men to ever live, Eddie Murphy. True. And of course, Jamie Lee Curtis as well. Yes. And she's also in the horror movie we're going to cover at the end of the month too, Terror Train. So... Isn't that kind of kind of some shit? We got a lot of Jamie Lee Curtis going down these days. I mean, she had a good year. I mean, she's she's the best. Yeah, she's I mean, the she, best. I mean, let's be honest. Everything, everywhere, all at once. She was in. Well, that's yeah. This year, yeah. I'm just talking about these are older films. Yeah, 1983. Yeah, no. I'm just saying she had a good year. So why not end the year with her? Why not? Why not celebrate Jamie Lee Curtis? Yeah. Well, Ron, I believe you have some business to take care of. All right. So I, I went to Metacritic for this one because IMDb ones were way too long. Zero out of ten. Quite possibly the worst movie I have ever seen. I mean this. Even bad movies are better. Because at least the directors of those known, they're not making art. What sent this picture plummeting off the scale, earning a complete zero, was the impression I had that Jackson thought he was creating a work of art. What a joke. In fact, it was... It was... I, I wish it were a joke. A bunch of one-dimensional characters speaking sort of bad Shakespearean dialogue. Dialect. Good lord. Zero out of ten stars. Lord of the Rings just sucks, people. Man, you're coming up. You only have two yeah. more episodes of the 3FN podcast yeah, to still, to shit on Lord of the Rings. I know, and the sad part is I'm still trying to figure out what to shit on next year. Hey, you got, I got a couple got ideas, but I don't know. I don't know yet. Although you did, get, you did, did give me an interesting scenario that you might I, change it up. I may change bit, it up. Right? I might, might might go for a bad one and start giving good reviews on that one. There you go. So you, you never know. <laughs> we're going to get here on the 3FN podcast going into the new year. However, I can tell you this much. Next week. Uh, Barring an act of God, we will be back at our normal time, same bat time, same bat channel. So hopefully you check us out for our 3FN Movie Club review of Die Hard and the Return of Diesel. With that being said, thank you for joining us. Hopefully you were entertained. Hopefully you found us you know, entertaining, insightful, and everything else. And with that, I say take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And most importantly, later, nerds. Later. And as Diesel would say, Phil Hartman was laying that fucking <laughs> pipe, baby. Uh, Lord of the Rings just sucks. I've been feeling like I ought.